So thank you, God. I wanted to just share briefly with you uh, today. Um, I haven't got a long message, but I, I did feel the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the service tonight. Just, it was good. Hallelujah. Um, Nick said he felt the angels walk in. I felt it. And whoa, it was great. Suddenly downloads of revelation and it was just amazing. I want to share with you, though, um, a scripture, a couple of scriptures. Starting in, I'm reading from the NIV in Galatians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Do you like the Bible? I'll tell you what, if you're having trouble hearing the voice of God, you can read it. Hallelujah. So you never have to not be able to hear him. Hallelujah. Verse 5. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law? Or is it because of what you believe and because you believe what you heard? Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All who, are, who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one is justified by, before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Wonderful, wonderful God. We have been justified by the grace of Jesus and through faith, by believing in who he is. Uh, it says, does God who gives you his Spirit work and work miracles among you because you observe the law or is it because you believe what you heard? There's a really old chorus. Only believe, only believe all things are possible. Only believe. They used to sing it in the Catherine Coleman meetings and this, this revelation though the simplicity of simply believing is what the Lord is asking us to do, to humble ourselves like little children and just say, I, I just believe in Jesus. It's because of our faith. It says it here. It's because we believe what we've heard that God works miracles among us. The miracles that God was doing, I mean, in eight days, we saw so many, 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 many miracles. But it was following the preaching of the word, signs confirming the word. And it was, it's just the way God is. It's because we believe in him that he does these works. It's not because of our holiness or our righteousness or our efforts. It's because we have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us in 1 John chapter 3 that if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence toward God. 
And he tells us if we will obey this command, that we would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is it. This is the prerequisite to receiving what you ask from God, is that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that you just believe, only believe, only believe, all things are possible, only believe. If we would just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We try to complicate it. We look for the different keys. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? And yet the key is so simple. It's so simple that scripture calls it a stumbling stone that people fall trip over. He is the cornerstone. He is the beginning and the end. He is Jesus. Hallelujah. And the scripture is asking us, to determine to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. If we would believe on the Lord Jesus, we would see more of the miracles that we're longing to see. We would see the things that we're longing to see breakthrough in. God is looking for us to come back to the simplicity of knowing Christ and Him crucified. Amen? Those of you who've been uh, following my messages over the last little while will know that I've been studying, what book? Romans, hallelujah, and been going through it verse by verse, and oh, it's so good, it's so, so good, delicious, delicious. But I've been looking for a long time at Romans chapter six, which is so delicious, hallelujah. Encourage you to spend a lifetime there, hallelujah. In Romans chapter six, but as as I was just in worship tonight, the Lord suddenly brought fresh revelation to what I've been reading and what I've been studying. I want to share this with you. Hallelujah! It says here in verse five, "If we have been united with Him like this in His death, we will certainly also be united with Him in His resurrection." For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Hallelujah. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. This verse in uh, verse five, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. We were baptized, it says in, um, in verse two, it says, we died to sin. Hallelujah. Verse three, it says, uh, don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So we have been united with him in his death and we've been united with him in his resurrection. But this word united is what really hit me tonight in worship. What it looks like to be united 
with Christ. There is so much liberty and so much freedom when you begin to understand that this is not a concept for you to intellectually simply understand. It is an invitation into a freedom that is beyond your capacity to handle the joy that that flows from it. There is an invitation into a union with God. A, we, if when we begin to understand what it looks like to be united with Christ, we will worship differently. Because you're not worshiping, trying to uh, get into the glory. You're not worshiping, trying to get an encounter with God. You're worshiping from a revelation that I'm already united with Him. And you can worship immediately from the place of already being in the glory. And then corporately, the, the anointing, the, the glory of God gets manifested in, in even more amazing ways. But we don't come at it as someone that's outside trying to get in. When you start to let the revelation of united with Christ, of being in unity with Him, Everything's different. Everything changes for me when I'm ministering miracles and signs and wonders and healings. If, I, if I'm believing that I have a gift from God, then I can hope that, you know, I'll get things right and everything will line up right and I'll be in the right space and, and hope that that gift will flow. But if I believe that I am united with God... Everything's different. It becomes easy because I'm not Catherine trying to line up, make sure I'm aligned with God, make sure I haven't got anything sticking out. No, none of me, you know, which is sometimes subconsciously the attitude we can have. Sometimes we can even make up doctrines to try and explain why we haven't seen something happen. Well, maybe I'm not lining up enough with him. Maybe there's a bit of me sticking out. Maybe I did something, maybe. And all of that mentality, though, is actually incorrect theology. If we have been united with him in his death, united with him in his resurrection, and we are commanded to reckon ourselves dead, to simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If we believe that he works miracles through us, not because of our works, but because we have believed on the Lord Jesus, everything becomes easier. Everything becomes joyful and free. Hallelujah. Can you see the difference? There's one thing to, you know, I, yes, I mean, you could quote it. You could memorize it, quote it, speak it. But the Holy Spirit wants to bring a revelation of unity like we haven't had before. And this begins with you and him. You are united with him in his death. That means you don't have to try and do away with yourself It's been done. You do it by faith. By faith, I agree with you. I reckon myself dead. Ah, I remind myself of the truth. I remind myself of what I look like. Thank you, God. If any man's a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's because he's like a man who looked in the mirror, then walked away and forgot what he looked like. If you want to be a doer of the works of Jesus, you must remember what you look like. You've got to remember what you look like. You look like him because you died. 
you were united with him in his death. And you were raised up with him in his resurrection power. What you look like now is somebody that is not on the outside trying to line things up and get it right, but you are somebody that's actually already in. Hallelujah. Living in the glory. I mean, what's it like to live in the body of Christ? To be the body of Christ. This is something we know conceptually, but what's it like to experientially have revelation of being in union with him? I think you might have some of that divine optimism that she was talking about come on you. The gift of faith, because then you begin to realize I'm living in the faith of Jesus Christ. I'm not me trying to make sure my little bit of faith is lining up. I actually have access to the whole lot. <laughs> Hooray. And if my life is hidden with God in Christ, then there's no bits sticking out that I have to worry about. I don't have to try and deal with my bits. <laughs> ah, deal with that bit of pride, deal with this. No, I have to reckon myself dead, come into agreement with God. If I'm doing the wrong thing, I need to go, that is not right, sorry. Thank you for forgiveness, God. But by faith, I receive the mercy of Jesus. I receive your grace. I believe that you take away my sin. As I confess my sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. If you're doing something wrong, you should repent because you'll feel guilty because your conscience is working. Because if you're a new creation, you're doing something wrong, your conscience is gonna go off like an alarm. And that's a good thing, you want that to happen. But when it does, you're not supposed to live with the echo and the remembrance of the alarm. You're supposed to immediately deal with it. I tell you what, my alarm's going off in the morning. I, it's, it's, I gotta deal with it. That's annoying me otherwise. <laughs> and so you gotta deal with it. But you don't deal with it by guilt and condemnation. You deal with it with repentance and go, sorry, that was wrong, sorry. And then in faith, believing on the Lord Jesus that you are united with him in his death, his resurrection, you are united with him in his burial, that you are as he is. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are as righteous as God. And you are not as righteous as God over here and he's here. You're united with him. You're together. He's not, yes, well, you're righteous there living in a distant land. You are seated with him in heavenly places. You are as he is. You are in union with him. You are one. And when you recognize this, and when you live in this glory of the joy of this revelation, then you can start to enjoy Unity with your brothers and sisters. Then you can actually start to see the benefits of what it looks like to run free together with your identity secure in Jesus. Scripture says one can put 
1,000 to flight. Two can put 2,000, no, 10,000. Multiplication. That is an invitation. And it's not an invitation of two weak people. It's an invitation that those who are united with God in Christ, when you start to come into unity with other believers, you can see the multiplication, the explosion. This is what revival will look like. When you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, all united with God in Christ. And then they start to love each other and run together and work together. They're not battling for their own kingdoms and their own recognition and their own self-promotion because they're dead and they know it and they've been made alive with God. And suddenly we get to be the big man on the earth. That is God. As he is, we get to be the body of Christ. He is our head and we get to manifest Christ in the earth. We're not called to be a whole lot of different people doing the stuff. We are meant to be one. Jesus prayed, Lord, that they would be John 17. This is 2017. Hallelujah. John 17. The 500-year anniversary of the Reformation when there was a big schism in the church. What would happen if the body of Christ got a revelation of unity in 2017? What would it look like if the body of Christ, if, if Christians began to have revelation of Christ and Him crucified. If they actually began to understand what it looked like to be the just who live by faith, who would believe on the Lord Jesus, who would believe that He is the Saviour, who takes away the sin of the world. If they would believe and put away their efforts and instead come into a place of rest and trust, we would begin to enter the Sabbath rest where we would see the fruitfulness that God has desired all these ages. I believe the Holy Spirit is moving right now on hearts with a simple revelation of unity. To be in unity with God, to be in unity with one another and to have revelation that we are called to work as one. You know, this message of identity that we've been hammering and preaching, I believe the penny is about to start to drop deeper down into people's hearts where they start to go, Oh, where we start to worship differently. Where we're not trying to get somewhere, but we, where we don't have to battle through 
so many lies, what would it be like to actually live in the light, to live in the truth to the extent that lies no longer have the capacity to cloud your vision and you can boldly approach the throne of grace? Is, I, tell, oh, I, tell, I prophesy, we're about to see some things together in worship, in fellowship together that are more glorious than we've yet imagined. Can you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is longing to bring us back to the simplicity of the gospel, to bring us back to the place of knowing Jesus. Jesus.